Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by civil rights worker and fiction fantasy writer C.C. Sullivan. <laughs> welcome to the room, C.C. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Uh, first, I have to say right off the bat, what an incredible superhero you really are in real life to do what you do. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I know that you write with superheroes, but what an amazing career you have even outside of writing. So for Mer first, I want to say how much I commend, <laughs> tongue-tied, how much I find that commendable. <laughs> Seriously, it really is. I was astounded when I read that about you. I was like, that is awesome. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. So, with your, I know you also watch superheroes with your fandoms, the, the TV shows. So, tell me about what would be your favorite superhero that you enjoy watching. I am a huge Marvel fan, so I've been watching like the animation since I was a kid. So, it's hard for me to say my favorite. Um, I just like the whole Marvel universe. Like, I can't think of a character that I don't like. I love the Avengers. When they get together, um, that's just, you know, I go all, you know, fan, fan out because I just I just love to see, like, different um, Marvel characters kind of pop up into the, in the different movies. So I, I can't say I can pick just one. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Um I just rented uh, the last um, Spider-Man with all three, uh, um, two yeah. prior, yes, and I was like, oh, like, I know, I can't get enough, I really can't, I could watch them over and over and over mm -hmm. again, I really can't. Um, so, with us talking about uh, superheroes, let's lead right into your books. Um, do I have it correct that you have 10 books published, 11 if you count the one that is part of an anthology? I'm trying to count myself. I have it'll be eleven because I have a new release coming out in May. Okay. So then that will be ten in the whole paranormal universe. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so tell me a book with a character that you would think when you started writing. It's probably probably more the earlier, or it could be when you start to feel more comfortable. Which character in any of your books do you think resembles yourself most? It would have to be my main um, character, the one that started the whole universe, um, Amina. Okay. Langston is her name, and she's in the Paranormal World series. And I think she's the most like myself. Um, she was a law student when the world kind of went crazy and went apocalyptic. And I'm an attorney. Um, I don't practice anymore, but I am an attorney. Um, and just visually the curly hair and all of that just um i think just what her way of thinking sometimes she trusts people a little bit more than she should and sometimes she gets burned by that and i've had those experiences but she's also very much a leader and i try to be that in reality so i think she's the best and the worst of me <laughs> Well, I think that's awesome. Well, the 
at least the uh, women that you chose on your covers are absolutely beautiful. And I have seen your picture, so even on that frame, she is uh, speaking up for you right there in that. So I have to say, though, you're, you're welcome. Um, so let's talk about dark hauntings. First in the Paranormal Series, I'm sorry, first in the Paranormal Time Series. So this is the new series, yes? Yes. And okay. it's actually, it came from, because like I said, everything came from Paranormal World. And it was a spinoff. So there was a, a novella that came out called Mystic Memories. And that was from the Paranormal World series. Uh -huh. And then I opened it up to start this um, Dark Hauntings book. So if anybody wants to read, I would recommend reading the novella um, first. But okay. this character, this whole world came about from um, Amina's world. Okay. All right. So that gives me a starting point. I like books that have the same characters or storylines. You call me what? And I, and I usually pick them because they'll have more books in that series. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the one I want. <laughs> so um, tell me this. Are they any in Audible yet? Yes. Yeah, so awesome. Amina's story is on Audible, the um, Paranormal World books one through four. Wonderful. whole series is on Audible. All right, now I know my next reads. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. Right now, I'm good, on a good. I'm on a series about ghosts and the main character. She sees them, and I love Audibles because it just frees me up, and I can put the headset on and do some work while mm -hmm. I'm listening to books, and I love it, love it. But I love it when there's a lot in the series because then I can just continue to keep, you know what I mean? It's like a huge movie right in my ears. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's awesome. So yeah. what can we see coming in the Paranormal Time series after this first book? Do you see it continuing? So, yes, it's continuing. There's it's going to be a trilogy. Um, that's the next book. After this next release I have coming out, that's when I'm, um, the Paranormal Time series is the one I'm going to focus on and kind of close it out. So those will be my following two releases. Um, I really love this character, um, Fran. Okay. She's really the kind of um, tough girl that I want to be sometimes. <laughs> like She doesn't care what people say or think. She's full of confidence in her abilities and she comes from this mysterious background so even though she didn't have her memories she is still walking around very confident um and it shakes it shakes some i mean when you when you see her in the beginning she's trying to figure out okay what do i do next in life um but still confidence and confident in who she is and she has this love interest who was a character from Amina's world and they're trying to build something, but he's still trying to figure out who he is because he also had a memory loss event and they have some up and downs. Um, she's trying to fight to be a queen of, you know, the fairies and ah. that's a big thing too. So <laughs> she has a lot on her plate with trying to figure out her past running for this this role of queen and then there's this mystery as well that she's been recruited by the angels to solve in this town 
she has some connection to the angels that are not so great. And um, I won't give it away, but <laughs> there's that underlying theme throughout all three books, just her connection to the angels, but also to demons and, um, and the Fae. So those are the three supernatural groups that really are prominent in the three books and her journey in really figuring out who she is, um, who she was with the loss of memory. As soon as she gets them back, she still has to, does that change who she is? And dealing with this love interest who's also going through changes of his own, um, some not for the better. So she's a lot on her plate and it's going to be resolved in three books. That's nice. nice. In three books. <laughs> okay. I'm writing down it down because, you know, this will just continue my series. <laughs> I told you I'm a multiple book listener. Um, okay. So with, when, when you're talking about the angels, I'm curious because you say she doesn't have that greater relationship with them. So I have to ask you an off-the-page question. Um, did you watch Supernatural? Yes. 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 The reason I say that is because I. Well, I'm just gonna be blunt. The angels on those on the series were dicks, and I was like, "What the hey?" You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that just sparked something right there. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I got to keep track of all my supernatural fans. I love that series. It just broke my heart when it went off the air. I could have watched it until they were with canes and you know and walkers. <laughs> I started, I always laugh because I'm in the same age group as Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel, and because it started, I can't remember which was which, but one of them was in law school. And oh, he had a, Sam. And he had the beginning of the series, Sam. Yeah, Sam. And I was in law school too. And I was like, so we, I feel like I journeyed through adulthood with them and had the same kind of journey. So I wasn't doing what they were doing, but it was, it made me relate to them. That's what got me into the show. I was like, oh, what is this? And so. Well, so, yeah, and I was very yeah. much inspired by how the angels were on that series um, for this series that I created. Aha. Uh-huh. Hey, sometimes uh, my thinking process works out right. <laughs> just, <laughs> yes. just the way you said it, I'm like, mm, mm, mm. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, when I was watching, I felt like a cougar because I was a little few years older than Dean. And I'm like, mm, but oh, man, Dean, Dean, Dean. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so you started out traditionally publishing on the publishing route. So tell us how the freedom of being an indie in comparison to the traditional route. I mean, has it, has it enticed your writing more to let you really flow, or is it about an even pace for you on it? Oh, for me, I, st- I did um, indie. I've okay. always done indie. Um, I wanted to go the traditional route and then the more that I read into it and seeing where the trends and the markets were it's for what I write indie is is seeming more and more the way to go um in particular there's more diversity in in indie um in the indie um world Uh that I just wasn't seeing when I start I first started writing and that wasn't even that long ago it seems like there's just been this explosion in the last five years but I would say 10 maybe maybe 15 but definitely I would say 10 years ago it 
there wasn't that much diversity in um, in fantasy fiction at all. And I'm finding out, finding more authors in the indie world than I found in traditional publishing world. Right. Um, and that's starting to change, you know, a bit now too. But I like that I can write more because traditional publishing, I know there's a lot of more hurdles you have to go through. You don't necessarily publish as quickly. Um, and what used to be in the traditional world, they took care of the marketing. Mm-hmm. Actually, now, when I was first doing queries to get into the traditional world, some of the questions I would get is, what is your business plan? You know, I think we mm-hmm. come out with writing and think, okay, all I got to do is write a great book, and then <laughs> they'll take care of all that stuff. Right. And that's changed like in the last 15 years. So there's still this expectation that you have a social media presence, that you have this whole plan, this audience already built in, whether you go traditional or indie. Mm-hmm. So in the long mm-hmm. run... Um, the challenges are still there no matter which way you go, except, of course, additional, they kind of pay for you for the book to get made. Mm-hmm. But after mm-hmm. that, it's still it's still on you. Right. Well, and even that, um, if you look at how things go out anymore, even if you publish through Amazon or there are certain, I mean, you only use an Amazon as an example because it is a leader mm-hmm. in its field. Um, but when you put the book up, they have a lot of options to help you with the editing process, you know, so it's not as even cover work. However, I notice a lot of people, even yourself, you have some phenomenal cover work. So a lot of times we go outside of that source. So tell me how that has affected your writing, all the things that you have to hire out for your, for your books before you publish. It's such a job um, mm-hmm. that most people understand. Like they think, okay, you just write when you can, and that's it. But I really have to be really particular about the process. I have my outlines, I have deadlines built in, I have my contacts, my networks, and I'm in so many groups to vet out, um, you know, who is good with doing what. I learn along the way. Um, so one rookie mistake that I made when I first published um, um, Mystic Bonds, the first in the Paranormal World series, is I had an editor, I hired an editor, recommended through a friend who was traditionally published, and she did great, but then and then I released it from there. Uh-huh. But then I noticed that there were some kind of errors in there. And what I didn't know is that you should hire a proofreader as well so you have your editor to help with you know developing it making sure it's a good product worth reading and then you have a proofreader who can look for things like you know grammar and spelling errors and i caught most of them on my own but there's something to being able to hire somebody who can catch even the little small things of comma usage things that you don't even think about when you're in it so now i have you know i request my cover artist well, it also got through, got through my traditionally published friend, um, you know, months in advance when I know, you know, I'm going to write a book and just hold my place. Then I, you know, contact my editors and then I finish writing Then I, you know, contact my proofreader Then I have a formatter I hire. There's just so many moving parts to it. And then you have your arc, you know, people, those are for free. So that's 
thankful thankfully for that right but it really is it can be expensive depending on the quality that you want right how long did it take you um pushing forward in the writing community that what you in general we'll just say talk about general figures but how long did it take you to find out what you were putting into it for it actually to pay for what you were doing for it does that make sense so yeah it's like a business um really and i kind of created like a five-year plan okay so some people the payoff is quicker than others i kind of look i'm not five years in. i think it's two years ago and I know they said it's like a business. You give yourself five years to kind of get out of the red or break even. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, what I'm looking at. Um, I'm also, because I've published so many in such a short period of time, um, you know, the, the earnings and the, and the amount of um, what you get back and what you spend may not be even, mm-hmm. but that is the goal. And I'm actually... I'm slowing down after this one just to kind of give myself some breathing room. Um, I did go back after that first, um, the first book, I did go back and get it re-edited and proofed and everything and put out a second edition so that I want to have the first, all my books, but definitely the first book to be clean and, and, and clean up, right. not have any kind of issues in it. So just kind of slowing down and allowing some earnings to come in right. to help with that. Well, the reason I say it is because I I think there's a lot of perceptions people look at authors in general, you know, um, especially where it comes to people downloading for free, you know what I mean? Because they think yeah. that there's a lot of money in this process. Um, and mm-hmm. you yourself are a USA best-selling author. So people might think, oh, well, she can afford it. She can afford some free <laughs> books out in the market. So I only mention it because of that, because even you yourself haven't reached, at least I'm gathering this, say, let me know if I'm overreaching here. But from what I'm understanding, you haven't reached the maximum of what you put into your, your books, right? Right. Okay. Right. So I still have my day job. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there that's what I'm saying. So a lot of people have this misperception that there's I mean, don't get me wrong, there can be a lot of money coming into you and right. being a USA best selling author to you is a great honor, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. but there's still a lot that we put into these, each one that you do, and I don't think people truly understand that. Yeah. So I wanna take a moment and speak about anime. I've read that you look at your anime and they inspire a lot of your character drafting. So you want to care to explain? Yeah, so I have a lot of, you know, interest in Marvel and anime and and just different things and it all it all inspires me. In some ways um I don't do fan fiction, but sometimes I'll just grasp an, an idea or a situation from an anime, and then I kind of take off with it um, or introduce an element of it in my books, some of the character uh, personalities that I see that you don't necessarily see as much in Western um, shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that more than anything is the the type of characters that you see and the messages. Right. Um, especially in like the popular ones, the shonen ones, with the um, there's always the message of never giving up, and um, even though the obstacles may be insane, 
I'm still kind of pushing forward, like you can win, even, you know, right. you should know better, not running from a fight. And then just the amount of characters. Like in my world, I have like a two spinoff series from it, um, just to be able to account for so many characters that I introduced in the main book. Right. So right. I love ensemble cast and I love anime that has this huge world with it. Right. So what, I can't remember the name, so bear with me, What? but I will ask the general question. What do you think about anime when it comes into movie? And I don't just mean where they make it a graphic movie with the anime featurettes. I'm talking about like they actually use actual characters, people to actually play the roles. And I mention this because there is one on Netflix and the name is not on the top of my head right now, but it is phenomenal. I loved it. Um, but what do you think about that? What do you... Are you into it, or is it lose something for you? I always give it a chance. I've seen so many, they call them like live action, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. like animes, and I always give them a chance. Most of the time I'm disappointed, because Aww. it's really hard to transfer, one, a whole series into a movie and still get the, the vibe. Right. Um, two, you know, there's the casting the right kinds of people to really embody the look in the in the um, culture, which has been another issue, um, a lot with Hollywood when they redo these animes, they ignore that it the characters are Asian and they don't really hire a lot of Asian people to play the Asian characters that the right. animes are on. So when it comes to that diversity, that's been challenging. Um, but there's been a few that I you know. But I liked enough, and but generally, I kind of give it all a skeptical eye. I, I'll be honest with you. I actually brought my Netflix up because I was hoping I could find it real quick. I, I'll just say this: I'm really into a lot of Asian fan fiction stuff. Okay, I don't mind reading the <laughs> subtitles. I don't. I'm really into right. it. But I love all the kick butts. You know what I mean? The very. Uh, the whole action adventure kind of things that really suck me in. And this one was, Mm -hmm. it is an anime and I cannot think of it. And they they did have the main character as Asian, um, which I did, you know what I mean? Because like you say, it is part of their characters as far as the anime. So they did have Mm -hmm. it and I I can't, for life of me, I can't see it. I, I see a lot of other things I've watched, which not helping me at all. So I'll just shut that. Anyways. Okay, do you remember what it was about? Oh, they fly around in the spaceship and they're mercenaries where they're capturing. Oh, people. I'm Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love. Did you watch it yet? I loved it. I loved the series, um, the anime series, and I loved the um, live action series. I'm <gasps> so upset. I even signed a petition that it got canceled because they didn't even give oh, it a chance. Oh, sorry, that's my timer. But yes, <laughs> I didn't know they got canceled. They're not doing another season? No. Oh, what a bummer. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It was. I liked it. It did what it needed to do for me. So I yeah. I really loved it. I could go back and watch it again. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's, we're out of time, but I want to ask you one final question if you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for my last question, um, I'd like to touch base on an anthology, Eternal Bite. Phenomenal, by yeah. the way, your piece that you added. 
Um, would you care to tell us how you became a part of it and a little bit about the story that you put in with it? I am so glad that you asked about that one in particular. <laughs> that was the anthology that got me to the bestseller status. And um, it was a collection of authors. It was headed by an author named Brittany Chanel. And she just kind of tagged us all and said, hey, let's, let's try to, you know, get something out that's going to, you know, be a hit. And um, I said, well, why not? <laughs> you know, and I, I liked all the other authors and, you know, I still follow them. And my story is um, called Deathly Touch. Uh -huh. And, you know, I wrote it, of course, during the pandemic. And it was during a time of isolation where it was just at the time me and my um, boyfriend at the time just kind of not being able to be around people and the main character she has this ability at where if she touches somebody they instantly die oh and she had to live in isolation and um the theme of the anthology is vampires so right. she happened to get out one day um and accidentally touched this guy and he did not die and that kind of opens up a whole new world and why did that happen and there's a whole mystery underneath all of that but it's mainly a paranormal romance and i wrote it thinking it would just be just the one book for the anthology and then i kept getting people asking when's the next one i said oh it's, i put that it was number one just in case there was going to be a number two but i really didn't think it was going to be one and so enough people asked about it that I was like, okay, well, I'll do a book two. And actually book two is coming out in May. Nice. So, Fantastic. Yeah, and, it, and it's called Deathly Dreams. Deathly Dreams. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on. You were a fantastic guest. So you really were. And you. you're, you're my pleasure. And I want to thank all our listeners for once again being a part of the program. I'm so delightful. I want to put in here that we reached 500 plus listeners on our last broadcast. And we are over 1K downloads. And we haven't even fully been on the air for a year. So I want to thank you all so very much. Um, it's a true honor. It really is. I enjoy what we're doing here. And I hope you guys enjoy continuing listening with us. Everyone have a great evening. Thanks again for being a part of it. Bye-bye for now.